Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If only there was someone we could talk to that would help educate us on how to lead and manage, but also inspire a team of young creatives. Any ideas, Igor? Igor? Oh, for God, he's not even here, guys. I just like shouting his name. Anyway, fortunately for all of us, in this episode, we have the special one. No, not Jose. He's better than that, and not a stroppy. Tony Wormsley is an award-winning hairstylist that owns Anthony John Salons, where he employs 20-plus artists in what is a fast-paced and constantly evolving industry. He's not only navigated the pandemic, but has built a working environment for his team that is thriving. In this episode, we dive into what it takes to let go of that day-to-day control and how to add people to a growing business. We talk about structure, framework, and how to empower, build, and retain an incredible team, and what makes Tony so special within this industry. Let's get this show on the road. At least it was only two minutes. Yes, not an hour, literally. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the whole episode is lost. We're here again, Igor. Here we are, here we are, here we are. Please, closer than that. Come on, you know better. <laughs> are you all right? I am very good, thank you. How are good? you? Good. Yeah, I'm buzzing. Yeah. yeah. Muggy, isn't it? Yes, it is. I feel like we're in Thailand in some ways, but what with great you, skies. What would you be drinking? <laughs> if you're in Thailand now, what would you? Uh, what would we be, have to what, go for my Thai choice. My Thai. My Thai. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think a Mai Thai would be. What about you, Tony? What would you go for? Kaiparina. Oh, oh, Kaiparina. Oh, 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 strong choice. I know it's not Thai. Strong choice. But um, <laughs> you, you got to go in hard. That's, yeah. In that's, hard. That's a man that knows his cocktails, yes, right definitely. there. Definitely. We're going to get on just great. But um, before we get into talking talk to Sony Eagle, what, what, what do we do? What is this? We are a podcast spot, for creatives and entrepreneurs. I know this bill by now. And yeah, we're here to empower creatives and make them look outside of the box and see how people can push their business and creativity. So, yeah. What do people need to do, Igor? Well, people need to like, they need to subscribe, they, they need to share. Tell them, tell them to the camera. Especially on the YouTube. Camera. Especially on YouTube. Where can, we, they, where can they find us, Igor? Um, anoradia.co um, on all platforms. So, yeah. YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, oh, everywhere. That'll do. That was, that was a good intro. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for that. And we've got Tony Wormsley here today. Woohoo! Thank you. Thank you. Have surname right, by the way? Wormsley, you have. Wormsley? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How are you? Couldn't be better. Couldn't be better and, and good to be here. 
thank you thank you very much for coming to derby we really appreciate it um before we do get into the episode i do have a small confession to make <laughs> here we go and it begins <laughs> you you weren't going to be on this podcast oh i'm sorry to break that to you oh, wow start so, start like that that's yeah savage. that's that's killing, that's killing a guest <laughs> <before we've started. laughs> so let me just let me just give you a bit of background on that so obviously we have a mutual friend in dan dolan right yes. and um you know dan pretty well right so when we started this podcast dan said to me he was like um oh you should get my mate tony on and i was like okay dan this is, this is dan who i walked in on a him chatting to a bride the other day <laughs> about how the bad reviews, how bad the reviews were for the Tommy Tippy milk warmer <laughs> products. He has this a is, point though, he, he always has a point. He's always got a point. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, when, this is, when Dan says to you, my mate Tony needs to come on it, you kind of go, oh, okay, okay Dan, yeah, whatever, mate. <laughs> and, um, and then fast forward a few weeks and then we'd start the podcast and you just sort of randomly messaged us, just kind of just giving us some good feedback on it. And within about two or three messages of chatting to you, I'd start to realise that I should have listened to Dan and just gone, yeah, no, you're right, Dan. Yeah. We should have had Tony. <laughs> we should have had Tony. So and here you are. So here's Tony. So and thank you, Dan. So yeah, thank yeah, you, Dan, yeah. for setting us up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was very clear like, very early on that you have a, a very kind of good understanding of business and the creative industry. And um, I didn't want to go into too much of a chat with you over messages because I was kind of like, I said to Igor, we yeah. need to get this guy in. And here you are. So... Um, I'm super excited to have you so here. So you went on the you went on the list originally. So just, yeah. to, just apologize. Well, I'm, I'm glad that. I made but, it on the list. You made it on the list. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for yeah. thanks for coming down. Now I was going to say that he's not walked out, Igor. Sorry, he's not walked out. Oh, I, no, I was no, a bit worried no, about no, what no, I was no, going to no, say no, there. No, that's it. Right. We're here. First disappointment, and then I, I, I nearly, I nearly, <laughs> nearly, yeah, nearly did. Yeah, but we we brought it back. Yeah. Now I was going to say that I'm particularly super excited about today because almost like what we did with Ben, really. Having someone in from a complete different industry yeah. um, that is really successful at it, and yeah, and just share business tips and everything else that you do because literally doing our research, we and me oh, and Sam just doing voice notes to each I other. Got so We're many excited. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, can't wait. Yeah, we're here. Let's go. Three and we're a half, in four the bar. <laughs> okay, four four hour recording. <laughs> Where do we start? Do you want to give us a bit of, back, bit of background, Tony? Just let the audience know where you're from, what you do. Yeah, um, so I'm Tony. Um, I have a salon over in Litchfield, a big converted barn, um, similar to this kind of vibe, actually. So lots of exposed brickwork and all that sort of stuff. Um, so we started off with um, a barn conversion that was 1,000 square feet. Uh, started with just a team of three and quite rapidly grew into that space, sort of employed one or two more. Um, and then knocked into the building next door. So um, over doubled the size. We've got um, 2,000 square feet now. Wow. Uh, and we're now at uh, 21 staff. Wow. <laughs> um, okay, that's a question for later on. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, 11 years we've, we've had that. Um, I was in the industry for uh, nearly 10 years before that. So managed other yeah. people's salons and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah, don't know how I got into the industry. I was just a bit of a, a, a little rebel at school if any of my teachers heard my name and success next to it they, they would have um laughed you out of town but um somehow i've got there but yeah so um somehow got into hairdressing um fell in love with it quite quickly the creative side the, the people side more than anything um yeah and it's just grown and grown amazing i mean to, to have a salon it for 11 years i think is a is an incredible achievement really we, you know, we talked off camera a bit before about how 
you know, the, the volume of salons that are out there and, and how, you know, how many of them be, become successful and can be established. And like, what was it like eight out of 10 fail within the first year yeah, or two? That's, and that's the stat that goes right. Yeah, really, because, the, you know, they're, they're everywhere, aren't they? And they can't all be busy and successful. So there, there have to be some that unfortunately fall by the wayside. So to, to be in business for 11 years, I think is an incredible achievement. But yeah, really before is. we get into anything like that, you actually reminded me of, I was going to ask a question at the very beginning mm -hmm. that I'm going to ask every guest. <laughs> How was school for Tony? Uh, fun. Yeah. Um, but um, academically, nothing really grabbed me. Um, I was, uh, looking back, I was, I was probably just quite bored all the way through. Um, and then boredom quite often brings a bit of um, restlessness and um, disruptive behaviour. So there was, <laughs> there was a lot of all that sort of stuff. Um, played lots of football. I was a bit of a class clown. Um, I actually did okay. I was one of those annoying kids that sort of was okay getting your, your C's, your B's. If I'd have put a bit of work in, I could have done much better. Um, and, and yes, I enjoyed it. But um, at the same time, nothing grabbed me at all. Yeah. Um, did my A-levels and then I was going to go on to uni and just at the last minute thought, no, um, I, you know, I'll go there, get in a lot of debt, live the lifestyle and come out with some sort of mediocre degree. If, if that yeah and um, so yeah so that's when i decided to to get into hairdressing yeah because i think i think it's quite a I, i'm i'm always intrigued as to how people kind of get find their way into their industry yeah and and i think for guys as well is there still that stigma around like or that idea that you you, you know if you do you want to go and be a hairdresser oh do, totally. people, do people look down well on, I, 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 think, I mean i don't because i've got i've got friends that are hairdressers and, I, yeah. and i'm massively inspired by what they've done i'm just trying to think of like people outside of the industry but you still get that stigma maybe maybe yeah. a bit more narrow well, i think especially narrow approach to it. i mean we're talking 20 years ago now so especially back then yeah um and like i say i, I weren't uh, you know i wasn't a creative at school at all um a bit of a lad and then all of a sudden i turn around and say i'm going to be a hairdresser you what can, was the, what was the spot what made you to be honest, I was, um, there was a, a program called The Salon on TV. Did you ever did you watch that? <laughs> I remember that one. Um, and basically, there was a couple of blokes on there that were, you know, laddish lads, yeah. being hairdressers, very, very good at it. Um, and the girls seemed to like them. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, um, and, and it was quite rock and roll. You know, it was quite, um, you know, they, they were put on this pedestal type thing. Mm -hmm, and, yeah. thought, and, and I'd always loved... So it's the idea of image, um, and uh, you know, I had a few mates that were, were into music and in bands and stuff like that, and, and almost, you know, almost what 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 the hair can do to to make an image pop, kind of thing. Yeah, you know, yeah. straight away give someone's image up, like whatever they want to show off to the world yeah. can, can happen. Elevate quite someone and bring yeah, in yeah, confidence. And um, you know, and that is that is how I am a hairdresser. Right? It's totally about the person and then bringing out their personality through the hair and things, which I'm sure we'll get into. But um, but yeah, I was, I was sort of watching that and I thought, oh, this, this looks pretty cool. And um, and I can't really go and do any sort of fashion degree or anything. I weren't, yeah. weren't really into to, you know, that type of thing, but I just thought actually that's something I can get into quite quickly. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, I'm gonna give it a go. If I don't like it, take it as a year out, go to uni the year after. That's like, just on a slight little tangent from that, it ju that just goes to reinforce everything that's happened over the past few days, you know, with like the Lionesses winning the yeah. Euros and saying about, you know, how you know, girls today, now they see that, can go on to achieve something and yeah. they can go and pursue that. You know, for you to watch something on TV and go, hold on a second, I like what these guys are doing, mm -hmm. I've seen it. You kind of obviously had an awareness that you could go and be that. Yeah. Sometimes people just need permission, like yeah. someone, see someone and be able to actually 
It's relating. It's relating to someone, isn't it? Yeah, and and and, you know, just so happens that in my industry, it's it's mostly female. Mm -hmm. Um, And and for me, as a as a eighteen year old lad, then who was very laddish, it was kind of like, who am I relating to? And then all of a sudden, there was someone doing that job. that, that looked cool, was doing cool things. Yeah. And, and like I say, but was given this bit of a status and I thought actually, um, yeah, I'm an attention seeker, I'll, I'll have a bit of that. Yeah. <laughs> How was the sort of like transition, say, from you starting out um, within the industry and then coming to literally buy your own barn with the three stuff, yeah. that gap in between? Um, so to be honest, I, I struggled to start off with my apprenticeship, even now. Um, now, I've had a business for 11 years and my two-year apprenticeship is still the hardest two years of my career. Um, you know, the graft you had to put in, it didn't come easy to me either. Like the creative side did not come easy at all. Mm. Um, I was lucky that um, I worked for a salon group and they had a salon in the mailbox in Birmingham and the mailbox had just opened. It was like the place to be. Um, and in that salon, they just had some incredible hairdressers. Um, some that were quite traditional, so um, without sounding too hairdressing, but quite Vidal Sassoon, very structured in what they did. Everything was to the rules and everything. And then you had this new breed that was, so at that time, Tony and Guy, you know, hacking through hair, everything very visual. <laughs> yeah. um, Where's the purple? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, 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 you know, for the first time, you know, women shaving half their hair off and, you know, um, everyone had mullets, you know. It, it was that era. Been there, done that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> little bit, little bit of blonde on yeah. the mullet. I can't <laughs> imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you used to you used to be in a club and you'd you'd look across and um, you'd just see everyone's little bit of mullet like <laughs> off the strobe light. Like, yeah. yeah. It's bizarre, isn't it? Early two like thousands, great times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, I mean, some of those were some of those people were pretty savage, and and um, you probably wouldn't get away with the way they spoke to, to the apprentices then, you wouldn't get away with it mm. now. But um, but I needed that, like I say, I was, I was a bit of a little tear away. I needed some, someone to sort of grab me and say, right, this is how you behave in yeah, here. This, guide, is, guide yeah, you it. this is what you do. Um, and I was fortunate in that place where, so I, I suppose as an apprentice, I'd sit there and there'd be 20 people cutting hair and coloring hair, all doing it very different ways. And, and I suppose I was looking around and thinking, right, what, what ways work for me? What do I agree with? What, I don't, what don't I agree with? Why does that person use that technique versus that person using that technique? Um, and I suppose just grabbing little bits of, of all of them and putting yeah, yeah. it into my own. Yeah. Um, but finished my apprenticeship and, and went on the shop floor, as they call it, and like, I was drowning, complaint after complaint. <laughs> um, and it's because I, I was talking a good game, but I, I did not have the skills. To what back was it the up. worst complaint you had? Um, Nothing major, but it was just sort of, um, you know, this this place was was, you know, at the time the the place in Birmingham to get your hair done, mm-hmm. and it wasn't at that level. Yeah, not hitting that. the mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and and you know, and, and you know, like I say, I was very good at, at talking the talk, but I hadn't put the work into my apprenticeship and, and well, learning the skills in my apprenticeship to make sure I was great at it. And I remember I had a, a meeting with the manager, and um, she tore me apart. Yeah, and again, you know, this proud sort of at this point, what nineteen-year-old, twenty-year-old, and then um, I got in my car and just cried my eyes out, and then um, got home, thought, right, what I'm going to do here because I'm not good enough, and I bought a few doll's heads, and as soon as they arrived, I just every doll's head cut at different angles, and and basically started from scratch and started teaching myself again. Yeah. 
and, and got good at it, got really good at it. Because um, you could have, probably at that point, I don't think anyone would have blamed you, but you could probably just turned your back on it. I could have jacked because yeah. the money was rubbish at that point. Yeah. Um, oh, I mean, again, I've had friends that are in the industry, like the, 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 the hairstylist apprentice wage, I mean, 15 years ago was... I mean, it was it was farcical, really. I don't mm. know if it's still like that or not, but it was. You know, we're talking like paper round well, well, kind of money. Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, you know, legally now, it's there's minimum wages yeah, yeah. And, th- and things. But um, yeah, we and uh, I remember I had quite a few mates working in Birmingham and, and in sales jobs and things like that. But they'd like this salon was a goldfish bowl, big windows, and they'd walk past in their in their new suits yeah. and that. And basically, I was sweeping what floor. Made you, what made you stay? Um, I, I could see that there, there was an end goal and, and, and a little bit of um, what else am I going to do really kind of thing and, and I loved it I just didn't know how, how to learn it yeah. and um, I think in, in creative industries quite often you get these amazing creatives um, but they're, they're not actually that great at teaching it mm. um, and I think that's, that's what I'm so very good true. at so you know I was, I was watching these people create amazing hair and you'd ask them why they were doing something they actually didn't know you know it was, it was almost like a feeling to them and then they yeah. just you know they, they were looking at it and visually thinking right I need to do this I, I needed rules I needed to know why I was going to be doing those things and I suppose getting those dolls heads and, and, and just cutting away at them made me create my own rules and then I did the same with colour and, and so on um, so yeah so you know I could see there was an end goal I just needed to, to get good at it because yeah. Yeah, there was aspects of it in the customer service side and things I was great at, um, and as an apprentice, I, you know, I was a great apprentice, um, got lots of tips and all the rest of it. But actually, as, as a hairdresser at that point, I wasn't I wasn't good enough. Um, but yeah, got good, and then um, they started asking me to educate for for their brand, so I did that, and started managing one of their small salons. Um, and again I wasn't sure if I was that good at it and I remember I handed my notice in there to, to go and manage um, another salon group and um, one of the apprentices just burst out crying and, and was just like oh you're, you're the first person that's ever believed in me and, and wow. you know, I've, I've learned so much and I thought oh, hang on a minute this this is what it's all about kind yeah. of thing that's yeah. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I am good at this um, so yeah went on to another salon group was an art director for them and um, helped manage one of their salons, one of their franchises. And then, um, to be honest, my, my, a bit of money came in from my gran and um, the money was there and the money where I was wasn't great. And I, I can remember just thinking, what, what am I doing? And um, Yeah, and, and started looking at, at units and yeah. this place came up and I always wanted somewhere um, that sounded too cheesy. I never felt at home anywhere. Like I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't sort of um, creative and maybe trend driven enough for some some of the high street salons. Um, but then I got bored in in sort of the village salons type thing, and I wanted somewhere that was trend driven, but actually very client centric. And when I looked at the barn, um, it just made sense. You know, it was it was, it was homely and, and yeah. warm. Um, and that's what that's what we wanted from the client experience, and it, it just made sense. And, and that, that, just didn't, and that opportunity didn't was back. there, and you, yeah. you know you haven't looked back since, yeah. really. But yeah. before we get into that, I, I, one thing that really fascinated me when we did a bit of research on on Tony and kind of came up with our questions, and you've already referenced it in the first sort of ten minutes of this chat, is about how you don't see yourself as creative, and that you, I think, one thing that 
I read on your Instagram was that you, you, you have to constantly learn to be creative. Can you just expand on, on how you see that and yeah. why you kind of don't see yourself as a creative? Um, well, I think I'm, I'm not stereotypically creative. So I am, um, you know, at school, I couldn't, art I was terrible at yeah. I still can't draw for toffee my five year old teaches me how to draw things <laughs> <laughs> um, what, I, what I was into was um, sort of graphic design and, and that you know again creating structure um, and to be honest again going back to school I wasn't allowed to do graphics as a as a, a GCSE because the teacher didn't like me very much so maybe I would have gone on a different path had I been able to but um so I, I, I mean, I've got people in my team who look at hair and can just, it just comes out of them, mm. you know, completely yeah. comes out of them. They almost don't have to think about it. And for me, I, again, I, I do like structure, I like rules. And so if, if, if a new trend comes out straight away, right, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, right, so what, what structure do we put in place to make sure we can do this service and make sure that all the time the outcome is perfection? Um, so me and my art director will sit down and, and we'll go through some sort of different techniques, find out what works for us, what works commercially. So, you know, time-wise, what can we do yeah, quick yeah. enough and, and to, to make sure we're well, charging. Really sit down and think about it. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, it's a process. So whereas for my art director, he's, you know, the mad scientist of hair. You know, it, it, so the two of us work really well together. So he'll try and push boundaries with the hair. And you rein I, him I'm in. there, <laughs> rein, rein him in and, and say, right, so what structure can we put to this? Because yeah. actually, you know, we've got at the minute another 13 stylists that we need to make sure that can do this as well. Not just yeah. that one person. I think yeah. that's where a lot of creative businesses go wrong is they rely on the one or two or three at the top. And then the rest of them are actually, you know, creating quite average work. Um, so the whole time it's for me creating a structure because I, I know I struggle with it. So there's going to be other people that, that struggle with it too. And, and therefore, how can we teach it in a way where most people can, can get it? I think it's, I think it's that exactly what you've said there is, is it's that awareness of because you've been through that process and you understand that it probably makes you a very good teacher is because you, you aren't maybe naturally just like the, mm. the go-to creative that can just go and do it. Yeah. You've had to really work through the process and the steps and yeah, understand, yeah. you know. But it's, it's the thing that used to, you know, create the most anxiety and, and made me think oh, I yeah, wasn't yeah. good enough. It really was. It, it was the yeah. thing that... And so it can I, be quite I, an intimidating industry. Oh, yeah, there are some big personalities and characters in, yeah, in yeah. the world ahead. And, and they, they, they tell you if, if your work's not, not no, good yeah. enough and, and, um, and, and it wasn't good enough. So I did yeah. have to relearn and, and I, it was going through that process so through, through that, you know, feeling like I wasn't good enough. Yeah. Amazon was, delivery. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, it's nice, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that made me be able to... to yeah, that that's what actually has made me a great leader and a great educator. So it's yeah. actually what's made, made me good at my job now. Yeah. Um, so there's other ways I am creative. I, I think I'm very good at finding creative ways of getting my point across and, and, and educating something. But yeah. um, in terms of the the, the core job, um, now I'm, I'm structured. Whereas there's other people that are, are very creative at yeah. it and can just visually. I think I, I was just going to say, like, I, I, <laughs> sorry, I knew you were going to say something, but it got me thinking then about. Like, why do we not... Because I, I, I can relate to a lot of what Tony says about not yeah. being creative. I don't see myself as massively creative. Mm -hmm. But when I look at my business and what I do, I am creative. Yeah. But why do I say I'm not creative? And why does Tony think he's not creative? I think I, think does I know. It, it come back to this school thing of like, <laughs> oh, unless you know how to masterfully throw paint on a massive exactly. canvas, <laughs> you're not creative. Yeah. I, I think as well, and it's so refreshing to hear, like so refreshing to hear, the whole idea of structures, the whole idea of 
one, two, three equals whatever, and this is how I'm going to get to that yeah, end yeah. result. But as well, and I see th this, and I think this is a very s big similarity between the two of you, is that, um, okay, you might not see yourself as creatives, but the sense of aesthetics, the, um, the sense of the standard that has to be met, yeah. it's really high. Yeah. So when you have that, when you have that sort of like aesthetic and uh, just drive really in some ways mm. for, towards what you actually want to achieve um, as, as the end result, um, when it's that high, I think that, yeah, the end result it has yeah. to be beautiful and it has to be in some ways creative, but you get there in a, in a, just in a different way. Yeah. Tony, Tony, we are creative. We are. We, <laughs> we, are. Are. we, we are. are creative. Yeah, we shouldn't keep saying that. That, that was the reason I asked, that's the reason why I wanted to ask everybody that comes on here about their school, because I think it, or what their school journey was like, because I think it's the one thing that as creatives we can all kind of relate to. Mm. And it, it was definitely one thing that came up in early episodes was, you know, me and you talking about our school experience. I was mm -hmm. like, yeah, I felt like that. And, I don't know. Yeah. I think it's just a, a question that kind of brings us all and together. And I think as well that uh, for a lot of kids, nothing nothing's really spoke about other than going on to further education. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and most of that is because it, that's great for for the the point system, whatever for the school, um, and, and their Ofsted and, reports and, and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah. And and when I'm lucky with my parents, they they as long as I'm working hard at something, they would support me in, in anything I do. Yeah. I mean, I do sometimes think when I turned around and said, because I didn't even tell them I was going for an interview. Um, you know, they'd, they'd seen my UCAS form and everything, so they knew I'd applied for uni and got accepted and things, and then just turned around and said, I'm, I'm going to be a hairdresser. By the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and my mum and dad weren't, um, you know, but they used to have a mobile hairdresser. I'd, I'd never really stepped foot in a salon. Um, and yeah, so for them, I think, I'd imagine the first thing that came into their mind was, you know, your stereotypical corner shop little salon where nobody's doing that well uh, financially and in, the, in their career. And, you know, that you know, they obviously feel fulfilled in what they do. Um, so, yeah, I, I, but I've always wanted to dream bigger, you know, like, let's let's do something big with this rather yeah. than, than just stay, stay and it has And it has gone, it is big. You know, you've got how many staff now? Uh, so 20, uh, about to employ 20. one more. So twenty one um, staff. Yeah. You've been going eleven years. What do you what what do you attribute the what are the kind of main reasons that you attribute your success over the last sort of eleven years in business towards? So Hey honey. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard that you love Studio Ninja. Where so, who told you that? <laughs> some, Where have you got that from? Some lovely bird. So I mean Studio Ninja sponsor this podcast at the moment and yeah. I think we both said at the very beginning, before we'd even recorded like the very first episode, mm -hmm. I remember us having a conversation around if we are gonna get sponsors on board, I don't want to just get sponsors on board that just anybody. I mean yeah. obviously it'd be great if people gave us money, but that's not what we're doing. We yeah, wanna bring sponsors to the podcast that we think our audience are going to benefit from yeah and especially and, when it's things that we use yeah well i mean i use yeah in this case we're sort of setting you up at the moment on yeah. the studio ninja so i thought it'd be really good today to just talk about for me like the three key features of studio ninja mm -hmm. um that are absolutely pivotal for me like running an efficient business yeah should we, should we fire them out yeah yeah um so the first one is calendar sync calendar syncing mm -hmm. um and what I mean by this is when an inquiry comes in through the contact form on my website, which is created within Studio Ninja, as soon as a, a couple or a client fill out that contact form, it comes through to Studio Ninja, it populates into my calendar, 
So like I know magic. in my phone, I've got it already in my calendar that so-and-so's wedding is on this date mm -hmm. and I can see whether it's clashing with anybody or not. It's just there. I've got their yeah. names. I've got their email address. I've got their venue. It's in there. It doesn't it's go all anywhere. Populated. So it's all populated straight off the bat. That is the very first thing that I think. So I don't, I don't have to manually input yeah. any data. That's really good. Um, the second one is invoicing automation. So I used to be a, I used to be so bad at this. Like I used to have to like build invoices, send them, which isn't such a bad task. It's remembering to build the invoices yeah. and to send them. It's like oh oh damn it I forgot yeah. and it's like I should have sent that six weeks ago. Yeah, or it's that the first or it's the fifteenth. That's usually so, when I send mine. Yeah, so Studio Ninja it takes a, you know it takes a little bit of time at the beginning just to set up, but once you've got it set up, it's all automated. So I send an invoice if they decide to book, and the system knows that from the shoot date six weeks out it's going to send them the remaining balance yeah. invoice and it's all in a portal all accessible to the client at all times they can see the backs details in there nobody asks me for backs details anymore because it's when they there. click on the invoice and say pay by backs it just brings up all of the data yeah. so everything's already in there and it's all fully automated for international weddings it'll send them a 700 pound invoice six months out from the wedding and that comes off their total balance. Oh. You know, so it, it's really configurable. Yeah. And it, once you've set it up, that's it. Job done. It's you done. never have to do it again. Mm -hmm. um, and then the final one, which I don't think many people that use Studio Ninja would say this is like a key feature, but for me, I think it's it's incredible. It's just the ability to build a questionnaire for your couples or your clients. So for me, I, I, have, I, I filled out this questionnaire or I've created this questionnaire that asks for their names, their Instagram handles, the times, the locations, the contact names and numbers that I might need, you know, supplier accounts, you know, and it just sends them that questionnaire yeah. with the final invoice. It comes through to my email account when they finish it, and it also goes through to the app on the phone. It's really good. So I'll just print a copy organized. out. Yeah, I'm just organized. And again, once you've gone through that setup process, it's done. Mm. Easy peasy. And that's the, they're the, they're the three main ones for me. There's a few others that we could talk about yeah. at the time, but that's it. So and how they, can people get them? So you just go to Studio Ninja and the discount code, another idea, gets them 50% off their first year's subscription. There we go. So you get a month free anyway, and then the discount code, another idea, gets 50% off their first annual subscription. Go get it, Studio Ninja. Go check it out, guys. I think for me, it's um, there's almost two ways to look at it. So first of all, you've got the, the client experience side. So um, making sure we're delivering to the client every single time. Again, we do put structure to that. We do have a client journey that everyone has to, to work to, um, but then obviously put their personality within that. Um, and, and then and then it's, you know, I'm nothing without the team. And, and, and to be fair, there would have been, in the early years, there would have been times when um, I'd have been uh, better off doing it completely on my own, you know, have, have a little unit, just me in there doing hair. Um, but... You know, I, do, I do love seeing other people succeed and giving them avenues to, to grow their own careers. And I think if you can, I mean, the saying is something like, what is it? Um, try, and, try and build your team to be as employable as possible, but in um, an atmosphere where they want to stay. And that's what we try and do. So that's pretty much one of my questions. <laughs> so, so, so we try and, you know, we, we invest heavily in education. My accountant has a go at me all the time about how much we invest in that. We shut the salon plenty of times a year so, so that we can just completely educate all day. We're constantly upskilling, upskilling, upskilling. Um, 
but then also let's make sure we're rewarding them like mm, if they're doing yeah. the things that that they need to do say so the reason i left to set up my own was because i wasn't being rewarded i, yeah, I was yeah. bringing in a lot of money um, and yeah, was one, of, one of my questions was how you know how do you kind of you know educate and grow your staff and retain them because the, the, there's a, there's always going to be a point where they want to go i'm going to do, this, do yeah. this myself now but yeah. obviously you have to well quite often it's greed that stops you from retaining your, your staff yeah. and you know if, if i've got someone bringing in six seven eight grand a month they, they deserve to have a big chunk of that yeah. mm. um but as i say what what a lot of salons do and, and other creative businesses is rely on that person and that person pays the rest of their the wages in the team where actually that person should be getting a big chunk of it so i, I try and see almost each person in in my team as, as a little franchise and how do we first of all get them through their apprenticeship and then how do we make sure that that person is profitable as quickly as possible and th and i'm completely transparent with that so they know exactly what the figure is where all of a sudden they're profitable yeah. so until well, they hit incentive really yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely um so until they hit that there's there's no bonuses or anything because effectively we're losing money on you yeah. um but as soon as they hit that they start getting rewarded financially in a, in a big way um obviously the upskilling side of it they want to stay because of that um but also different avenues for growth so so for me there's sort of education so do you want to go out there and teach again let, let's help you get get out there and do that and um, do you want to get into the creative side so we do multiple photo shoots enter awards all that so if you want your name in lights you know we can help you with that but also some of them just want to be a really busy successful salon hairdresser and that's absolutely fine too and mm. then um, we have a real transparent commission structure that they know completely you know what they bring in this is what they get and they know exactly why they get that as well and i think that, that a lot of people um are a bit secretive with their figures yeah right. so you know, someone sees that you know, while i'm bringing in let's say five grand a month and i'm getting paid this where, where's the rest of that yeah, going yeah, yeah. You know, we, we yeah. tell them you know this, this is where, where it goes into yeah yeah um um, and then so I suppose for us, it's, it's a really big industry, isn't it? Like it, it employs a huge amount of people. I mean, we talked about how many salons are in Lichfield. I know from experience how many are in Derby. You know, but for for people that are listening, I mean, there might be plenty of people that are listening that already work in the industry. But for those that don't work in the industry, just can you just explain like the the business setup that you have? Like I know there's this kind of divide, isn't there, between kind of like a self-employed route, rent a chair route, yeah. and obviously you've kind of just touched on your set of them so do, are people kind of freelance within your business and your brand or no no you um, them? it's it, i mean it's, it's a big thing in the industry at the moment so for the first time ever this year um there's more self-employed than employed in the industry okay well for me the the, the main reason for that is is bad employers hmm. simple as that you know it, it's it's greed at the top so you, you get especially really successful salons you get the salon owner that that is making themselves rich simple as and then the rest of them are on minimum wage mm -hmm. um yeah so so how how do you cut it up so that everyone's doing well from it and that for me that's the way it should be um so yes yeah, so at the moment that there is a struggle with that because a lot of a lot of people aren't maybe educated in in that finance bit as we just said so yeah, they'll be sitting there in the salon thinking right well i'm bringing this in if i go out on my own i'm going to bring bring that in and keep it all and obviously they're not they've got to pay for their product they've got to pay yeah. for the rent on that chair taxes um, yeah um so so often Plus the, the things you don't get yeah you don't get holiday pay yeah. sick pay yeah. Um, yeah and the training side again if yeah you, you know and, and photo shoots you know if yeah, we spend thousands of pounds on yeah. photo shoots so i imagine, on the, I imagine on the face of it if you're an if you're an employer you could sell that 
quite e- quite well, quite easily. You, you, it's like you, you can, could, and but again, I mean the other thing, it, there's a lot of research in the industry at the moment, and I'd imagine it's the same in most creative industries, where the, the top five things that employee employees look for, um, number one is flexibility. Now, um, in our industry, it's always been you work every Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, you work two nights a week. Um, you're only allowed to book four Saturdays off a year. So, understandable. And, and actually, you know, I suppose COVID gave everyone, sorry, I know I'm not allowed to talk about COVID, but it's given, <laughs> it's right. given, you can, you can brush it. It's, it's brush it it, it, it gave everyone um, a bit of thinking space. Yeah. But more so the, the employee that, that thinking, hang on a minute, like, why, why do I have to work every single Saturday out? Now, and actually, if I've got, and, and this is the number one thing I want from my job now, if I can go somewhere else and just choose when I work, mm-hmm. okay, they might be earning less, but is it more to them that they can pick yeah. and choose when they work? It's going to be priceless Maybe. to have that flexibility, yeah. really. Yeah. And, and at the end of that, it's what we do as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. What, what I don't think we live in, we don't live in a world now where everybody's like off Saturday and Sunday and that's it. That's yeah. the only time they can go and get their hair cut. Everyone's yeah. a lot more like, yeah. well, I'll just go on a Tuesday night yeah. Or I'll have a sh- because everyone else's work now is more flexible. Yeah, yeah there isn't um, that need to maybe be in the salon every Saturday. Yeah, totally. So um, we've brought in a, a we call it a flexi working rotor, but um, effectively there's there's points for different hours, and, and you can pick and choose. And as long as your points hit a certain threshold, do what you want. Um, and of course, you know, the, you get more points for Saturday hours and evening hours. But um, you know, we I'm very proud of the fact that we have a lot of. Um, people with kids working for a lot of people in our yeah. industry they have children and all of a sudden leave because you yeah. know, they think they have to still have to work every weekend yeah. and all that sort of stuff so um yeah you've got to, you've got to change with the times yeah. and, and as an employer you've got to think actually what people want from their job is, is going to continuously change and, and how can you adapt your business model to make sure that, that you can still have those people working for you mm. You said it were five points. So you said flex- flexibility was the first one. Yeah, you're going to test me now, aren't yeah. you? Yeah. Uh, flexibility. <laughs> I am listening. I That's am why listening. Flexibility is top. Then it was um, uh, like training. Mm-hmm. So um, what, what are you giving me to, to help me progress in my career? Yeah. yeah. Um, next was team. Um, so the people they're working with. Uh, number four was money. Mm. And then number it's five. It's funny that you put it literally almost as as, as fourth really yeah, not yeah. not even yeah. as first yeah although although for, for me i i think it's it's my job mm. to make sure they know that money can be number one like it annoys me that people don't get into creative industries thinking i'm going to get into this because i yes. want to earn some money yeah yes um and especially hairdressing and, and i mean the average hairdresser is on only just above sort of the minimum wage we have people earning so much more than that and you know so it's, it's I think for a lot of them, it's because it's just, well, I'm not going to earn it anyway, so why, why bother having it in my top three? Mm. Actually, you, you can, if you're with the right yeah, people, yeah. Um, you, know, you, you can earn it, so so push for it. Mm. Who doesn't want yeah. a bit more finance? Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, still, it's still a taboo subject, isn't it? We've talked yeah. about, like, you know, it's one of the most popular episodes that we've recorded so far was you know about money matters and me and you having a kind of open discussion around our mindset towards money and it doesn't matter what industry you're in, I, think, I still think people don't. Yeah. It's almost like the shame that you can't say. Charging you Actually, worth. no, I want to go and earn some good money here, mm. you know. Mm. Um, and I think especially creative industries as well, you, 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 you get so um, enrobed in the creative process and, and almost like, I'm going to do you a favour by creating this masterpiece for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. But actually, you, you, you need to be charging for that. And, yeah. and, and especially the time that goes into it. 
saying that for you guys it's it's the, the amount of editing and everything that has to go into it for for us it's the, the amount of training that has to go into yeah. making sure you're good enough to to implement that yeah to, yeah to do that so um and, and then obviously the time spent doing the service so um it, it does frustrate me with with creatives not not realizing the potential the yeah. financial yeah. potential having that sort of like starving artist mentality really mm. yeah. Um, yeah but yeah um one thing that i was thinking is um so you, 20 people come on <laughs> yeah, it's a lot isn't it <laughs> but within within those 20 people i guess there'll be different styles and different um different sort of skills or, or different sort of like voices let's say of of the people that you have um with all of that going on how do you sort of like keep your brand as ajs clear to to your clients and to everyone that sort of like knocks at your door is it do you almost like get a brochure you can have this style that style that style or how no, no but i think it's important um for creatives to still feel like they're they're putting their creativity into it um so so we we have sort of certain ways of of coloring hair in particular um where we we look at skin tone we look at depth of color and things and and it, you've almost got a formula there to to give you a range of colors that that person would suit so we teach that to all of our team whether they come to us with 20 years experience or they're brand new um and and we know that, that creates great hair now sometimes if if we have someone with a lot of experience who comes in they will test the waters a bit and 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 they will try and do do the things that they've always done and that they've been relatively successful at it so why why wouldn't they and it's almost our client that tells that that member of the staff actually that's that's not good enough you know this is this is what i want with my hair mm -hmm. and actually then when they implement the things that we've tried to teach them all of a sudden they see right we, we get much happier clients yeah. our retention rate goes up and all the rest of it and um, so we have we have sort of um i suppose you call it slight boundaries mm -hmm. that we want our team to work within but within those boundaries you you do what you want and, and you know and let your personality out you know it's um and and you you kind of see um with each member of the team you can almost pick out their clients whether you're, you're speaking to them on the phone and their personality um or you're seeing them um and and sort of visually what they look like you can see that it's, it's different people that, that have worked on them um, and what you want to start off with is that um, your skill set and your personality um, brings in as as big a range of people as possible. But as your career goes on, you do sort of you, that that range sort of does that, and, and yeah. you, you find your fit and and you know the type of client that you're going to work on all the time. So you know we do have some some people who constantly work on you know just really good looking twenty five year old girls, and you know it's 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 creative work. It's you know all the latest trends or the rest of it they're successful and then we get other stylists that w their client base will all be you know, on average 50 years old still look amazing absolutely amazing um but their sort of how they approach their work is um more relative to 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 that client and yeah. that client base um so over time that's what you see but to start off with we want them obviously to be able to retain every single client yeah you know our retention rates 90% so we're doing it well um the average in the industry is 40% I think wow. so uh, we do we're doing a lot of things right but it is um but what we need to make sure we're teaching is those boundaries mm. that we said is is what creates that 
so we know if you're working in these boundaries you're creating great hair but work work within that and, and be creative within yeah that. yeah it must be hard in the industry because i imagine there's a lot of people that if you had a bad hair experience you wouldn't actually complain you probably just wouldn't go back would you mm-hmm. i mean I, I fall into that like my wife would be the one that would go i'm not happy with that i'm gonna, I'm gonna tell her yeah but i would be very much like i'm not going back there again mm. <laughs> yeah um yeah and, and you do see that and and we we want our clients to tell us if if we're yeah. if, if they're not totally happy with what we've done and, and it, it can be upsetting i mean i think i think any well, you must take it very personally like you know it's still, well, i think all of us no matter what, what you care and, and yeah and love what you do and yeah. you're passionate about it and, so. and and it doesn't matter um what what your uh way of create of creating something is what you're trying to do is evoke an emotion in in your client in mm. your customer so for you your couples if you're an artist it's you know you want someone to look at that that painting and feel a certain way mm. if you create music you want someone to feel something when they're when they're listening to it i can see my five-year-old boy is well into rock and roll and um, put acdc on <laughs> like the fir- first couple of riffs of that like like he, he loses it and it's not he's not learnt that that's the the art that they've put yeah, into, yeah. into that music that just comes out of him so i'm looking in what i do is we're, we're creating art if you want on someone and actually that that's a pretty emotional connection you make in there yeah, yeah. and a lot of trust someone's putting into they you come in one way and they get out yeah. a completely different yeah. way yeah and um, i'll tell you a little story about what what made me realize hairdressing was for me but so um I sort of didn't know where I fit into the industry. So like I said, I wasn't, I didn't feel I was creative enough to be winning all the awards creatively and all the rest of it. Um, but that's sort of what I wanted. And then I had this client and um, she came in and you see she was a bit down and basically she'd, she'd got divorced and this weekend coming up was the first time she was going to see her ex-husband. Um, and really nervous about it. horrible breakup that I had, you know, he'd been not a very nice man. And um, so I did the consultation, did a hair, um, and as I was blow drying it, so I had colour cut, blow drying it off, looked at her and she had tears going down her, oh, her cheeks. Man. And I thought, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, I hadn't been on the shop floor very long, so six months or so. I'd had that conversation with my manager where I didn't feel like I was good enough, all this sort of stuff. Um, and so sort of stops oh, is everything all right and she's like oh, i just i love it I love oh it so god much. i'm so glad you gave us a good <laughs> <idea>. <laughs> uh, i didn't know where that was going i was a bit worried for you for you it felt like, uh, a I was like this has got to be a good idea but and um, and and honestly the way she like strutted out the salon amazing um and and i thought actually that that's totally that was the, more, the penny dropping moment. that was more yeah. fulfilling yeah. than than anything and and again i want i want a client and I want all of my team's clients to feel a certain way in my salon um, so that's why we have the aesthetics of the of the salon and then we work it the way we do but um, what I did during the process of, of what I did with that client made her feel a certain way by the end of it and for me you know I'd done photo shoots and stuff by this point like it's good it's fun but but actually if you're affecting yeah. someone like that i think so many people listening will relate to just that process mm. and that moment that you talked about because i don't know as, as creatives you see it all the time like nobody gets to their level of output without those hard yards and that and that work and that kind of that 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 rejection and that moment of doubt and worry that you're not good enough yeah but that's just part of the process isn't it mm. you know nobody's like 
at the top of their game and going, oh, that's how they started out. Nobody's there. But we all kind of believe that, oh, Tony's, Tony's, Tony's great at his wrestling. He's never had to struggle. Like, he's, he's brilliant at what he does. And, it's getting, and, and all that's getting worse, isn't it? Everyone thinks that, you know, they can be an expert straight away. Yeah, yeah. Quickly, yeah. Watch, watch a few YouTube yeah, videos. That's it, yeah. and We're constantly seeing the highlights. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, I think... And, and to be honest, most really successful people I speak to still completely go through that. You know, every yeah. single day they've created something and they've thought, that's not quite how I wanted it to come out. Mm. I, um, think, I think once you can recognise that process in yourself that you have to make yourself uncomfortable and yeah. to accept that you need to learn and to become yeah. better. And it's how you constantly that, evolve and, and get yeah, better, yeah. better and better and better at what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was your penny dropping moment? Um, the whole staff thing and what was your penny did you hear my question yeah what was your penny drop moment yeah like did you have a penny did, as, a oh, in general. as a photographer oh like, okay uh, you, yeah, I was, I'm just kind of listening to Tony say that but like, <laughs> did you did you have a moment where you were like this is really what I want to do now I'm, I'm yeah yeah and I think I've told you before as well um, that was the whole is it bad that I can't remember no 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 you, you will you will eventually <laughs> it was sort of like three-day destination wedding where um, fashion was on point, the energy was on point. I felt really welcomed in. I felt like family. And I knew I could create art. And I created, I created something that I was really proud of. And they were really proud of. To come out of that, yeah. I just thought, no, I want more of this. Yeah. I just, it's getting that feedback as well, isn't yeah. it, I think? And, and it's that. the whole appreciate, appreciation thing as well. That's that's crucial, really. There's so many industries out there, like, I don't know, graphic design, architecture, whatever, that sometimes you, you might feel like you, you're stuck at desk, send a few emails, the job is finished, and that's it. You don't get any sort of, like, appreciation for that exact that amazing thing that you yeah, just yeah. created, really. So, yeah, to get that human element of it. That well, I think quite often you're not physically there when mm. they receive yeah. whatever you've done for them yeah. for me they're there during the process yeah. which again can be daunting you know, mm. they're watching you do something or oh, what you're doing and, yeah. and you it's have to sort of explain yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah so I feel very lucky that you know eight times a day when I'm with clients I get that that feeling mm. um, and to be honest now as well when I remember probably probably four years ago now we'd we'd knocked into the new space that was all very daunting overheads over doubled all the rest of it and I walked around the salon and there was someone in every single section and you could see every single client had that feeling of that one client when I you know, first thought, like, oh, this is for me. And, mm. you know, you walked around and so the, the things that we'd taught all of the team um, was being implemented and you could see every single client just over the moon with the experience, you know, the place was full of laughter, full of, you know, like I say, that energy. Yeah. Um, and so actually, yeah, this this is what it's about. This is what you're working for. And you wouldn't for. have had that if you'd have made that decision a few years before that to go. I'm just going to stay by myself yeah. and just yeah. just cut my own, just yeah. cut cut hair by myself. Yeah, make it nice and easy, not have to worry about staff. Yeah. Um. Obviously, having that volume of staff, what are the what are the pros and cons to that? <laughs> well, I have to like, be careful because they're, they're probably going to listen to this. They may listen to it. <laughs> but let's talk about let's talk about the good stuff first. Um, what 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 is it? What what um kind of what does it give you as a as a person? Like, what kind of satisfaction do you get from seeing your stuff? I mean, it might, I imagine it must be hugely kind of rewarding seeing that you're kind of responsible for their 
success. Yeah. And, and well, not I, responsible. Obviously, they're responsible for it, but you've yeah. obviously had a big part of it and you've given them the... Yeah, and, and, and they've got to fly with it. I mean, we, have, we do have people who start and, and leave, you know, and, and they, they can't cope with may, maybe the level that we expect or, or whatever. But, um, yeah, for me, totally, the, you know, that, that rewarding, fulfilling thing of, of other people succeeding is, is huge for me. Um, we, we get we get a lot of team members. We seem to have had this got this little niche where um, we get apprentices apprentices in who have just done a degree, so they've finished a, a degree <laughs> in something. They come to be. us at like twenty two, twenty three, um, so we have to we have to pay them more. Mm-hmm. Um, so they finished their degree and then decided right, I'm, I'm going to actually follow my passion now obviously had a word with their parents who stopped them doing it in the first place. Um, and then, yeah, seeing them go through their apprenticeship and then actually now doing a career that, that they love and, again, can be rewarded for it is such a good feeling for me. Um, I mean, the other thing, is from, a, from a selfish point of view, they all make me better at, at what I do all the time. Mm. So um, whether that's with their hairdressing skills, whether that's... Um, them testing me in my in my leadership skills, um, and and you know each generation that's coming through, test you in a, in a slightly different way. They all want different things, um, you know, and, and and yeah, being able to evolve myself and the business so that that they can get that fulfilment in, in their jobs yeah. as well. Yeah, okay, that's all the good stuff. But come on, we want to hear the bad stuff. <laughs> come on, give us the give us the cons. Uh, if you work for Tony now, now's the point to turn off. Uh, just don't, don't listen. Come on. Give us a bit of me. First of all, they're a good bunch. But um, <laughs> I suppose one of the things that, that is your hardest is when you are let down. Hmm. Now, you, you might have invested... You went for the juggler. Yeah. I'm we, disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know I mean? You, 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 you sometimes, you know, you could have invested so much time, money, hmm. effort, emotion into someone. Um, you know, and, the, and then you know, the first point of them, you know, maybe coming out of their comfort zone and that kind of thing, you know, you're pushing them and that, that's my job to do that, that they might leave. You know, sometimes, you know, you might have someone that's worked with you for 10 years and, and obviously you have a, a stronger emotional connection yeah. then. Um, so that, that can hit hard. And, um, but I'm, I'm not one to, to look at, I know, I know you want the, the stories, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I do try and see the positive in it. So for, for every negative, like I said before, they're pushing me. So um, for every negative, actually, what I've got to think is how can I learn from this? Yeah. Um, there's the obvious ones. You know, we, we employ a lot of people in their 20s and we all go through things in our 20s. And um, so, so you, yeah, you have to deal with some of that. You've, been, you've been there and got the T-shirt. Yeah, you? yeah. You know. and, and again, I, I probably was, was one of the worst employees that you, you <laughs> could get. So, um, and, but maybe I needed a boss to, to, to be able to call on different leadership skills to yeah. help me mm. instead of just a, 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 a kind of approach. Um, so, yeah, I think... Um, you know, I like those challenges. I like someone who's, who's challenging me and, and my leadership and why I do things. Mm. Um, and sometimes it actually makes you come away and think, actually, what, why? Why mm. am I doing those things? Um, and, and you change from it. Um, so, yeah, so, so the, the, there's challenges every single day. You know, there's, there's, there's people will be in, will have, have things in their home lives going on. And, and quite often, to be honest, if you do see a dip in, in what someone's doing, quite often once you sit down and have a talk about it, there is something going on away from yeah. work. But again, it's, uh, you know, I need to do less and less clients so that I've got more and more time to be um, 
spending spending the time with them and, and yeah. making sure that I'm leading them properly and and it's it's relationship building at the end of the day um just like parenting and, and friendships and all the rest of it the the time you put into that relationship you're going to get more out of it yeah um so yeah so it, it, it's challenging um and different people give you different challenges but um it's all learning isn't it, it, it's, oh, of course it and, is. and, yeah. and there's nothing better than you all you know a group of people all striving for the the same thing and that there might be slightly different things that shoot off from that that people want but actually you know we're it's my job to try and employ people through the interview process that want the same things as we do yeah i feel like i want to go and work for tony <laughs> come on in um i'm i'm loving this conversation and this is really making me think differently um or in some ways encouraging me um about associates okay because um I've always, associate second shooters, because I've always had the sort of like fear of bringing someone in and perhaps um, they're not gonna be up to par or even disappoint the business in some ways because uh, it's a quite scary thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Having someone on and they're almost like become ambassadors for your brand. Um, but the whole idea of you setting the parameters really, really clearly these are the parameters, these are the lines that you can, these are your boundaries, and within that, you colour it. Uh, I, I love that, I love I, that. I like the way you just put that as well. Yeah. I will use yeah, that Tony, myself. <laughs> Tony, I can see Tony going on pinching. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's so encouraging to hear, and it's, it just makes my mind like go, yeah, this can be done, it can be really done. It's on me to sort of like set the parameters and, and really specify it well. Um, I think but, it's, it's a big mindset shift, isn't it? For yeah, it's about it, it, letting letting go of those of those controlling elements mm. that when you work for yourself and you're on your own, you've yeah. got complete control. Mm. And, and but, it's it's educating, isn't it? It's it's um, you know, it's, it's a lot of people just employ someone and and just let them run, and and actually most of the time they're not going to do things exactly the same way as you. Whereas actually, if you if you spend the time to start off with educating them finding out what their why is and, and making sure their mm -hmm. why is similar to yours um, and then helping them achieve that why you know, that's sounding cheesy but beautiful things can happen can't yeah, they no, and, no. And, and actually you learning from them as well so like you know you do get there's a with anything creative there's an almost uh, there's, there's a bit of an arrogance about it so well this person's not gonna be able to do it as well as me mm -hmm. we're actually why don't we employ people that that are gonna in the future be better than what we are yeah that's the one. And, and then we can all push forward together. Um, and, and what that does as well, it, it lets you um, sort of work on a completely different level in your business. So it opens up the, the mind space for you to be leading people, educating people, yeah. more marketing, all those kind of things. So there's, there's people in my business probably, I don't like to think of it as, as layers and people underneath others, but probably two layers down from me that actually do my job what it was 10 years ago mm -hmm. and just from allowing people to breathe and grow and grow and grow it's allowed me now the the time and space to be building the business and as a, more, more of a brand in the industry and mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff yeah. without that i wouldn't be able to be doing those things yeah, i'd still yeah. be just behind the I mean, chair it just, it just shows that your role has changed like your job role has changed and actually you know i certainly find it with, with what we're doing here is that like there's a, a huge buzz and excitement about trying to grow something that's bigger than just your core job which is you know, a hairdresser and us as photographers yeah. it's about we're, you know, we're trying to build something that's, that's bigger than that and I, I'm loving that process and obviously you, you know, you're obviously further down the line in your process with your salon and 
you've obviously got to a point where you've realized that you know if you can step back and start to manage those people that you you, know, you get just a different kick and a different buzz out of it don't you yeah, yeah. But, I, I was recommended a book um recently called the second mountain i haven't bought it yet so this is a bit of a rubbish story <laughs> but um, but um, the, the whole premise of it is is that the the first mountain is your ego so that's that's and most people don't get past that first mountain yeah. so their career is all about their ego um the second mountain is about everybody else's ego um, and actually that's where the greatest fulfillment comes in and actually and, and quite often the greatest success as well and I thought that sort of put it into a concise yeah. thing yeah I, I need it to get really the book does. um but yeah let's get for that second mountain it's the yeah. first time someone's <laughs> quoted about a book that they've never read before, <laughs> I, love that. Yeah. I think I think this is the perfect sort of place to ask about Ruthie and Wilfred tell us more we've been talking for like an hour so start with Ruthie yeah let's start with Ruthie so um as I said, when I got into hairdressing, I thought I could meet women. And on the first day, I met Ruthie. <laughs> <laughs> um, <done. laughs> um, so uh, Ruthie is, um, and, and it, then it took us about six years to actually get together. So mm -hmm. um, a lot of graft went in. <laughs> um, but um, Ruthie is the most uh, intelligent, um, obviously beautiful, um, but charismatic person I've met. Um, I suppose that she, she's she's the person that sort of um, I look up to the most. Like if if I can be anything like her, I know I'm going to be doing all right. Mm. Um, and and she was a, a vice principal at a school, um, and two and a half years left and set up her own business. So she's in, in marketing now, in social media marketing. Um, so she's she's you know my my absolute rock. And I think we all need that though. If if you if you've got your own business, you need someone that you can go to. Hold on, so she's got her own business and she's in social media marketing, is That's she? It, right, yeah. what's her, uh, yeah. we need to we'll put on the list. Yes. First person narrative, <laughs> yeah. first person narrative, check her out. Um, and, and she's just amazing to watch. And, and she, she, you know, she left a very well-paid job. Um, again, it was at the start of COVID and, and my salon suddenly closed and she, hadn't, she didn't even have a client yet. You know, she, she started it in the January, was doing some learning and some, some education. And then um, COVID hit, it's like, right, so uh, my salon's closed and you've got no money coming in, what are we going to do here? But she just, um, you know, I, I, there's no no way she wasn't going to succeed here. Like I say, she's she's so intelligent, so bright, but charismatic with it. So when it, when it comes to marketing herself, she's brilliant. Um, yeah, so like I say, absolute rock, best friend, um, and lucky to have her as my wife. Somehow I, I managed to, to, all the graft paid Convince off. Her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I grew a beard, actually, that's what happened. <laughs> um, yeah, and then little Wilf. So um, uh, we're speaking to Sam just, just off, off uh, camera where um, it's just the best thing, in it. Yeah. And, and like it, again, you know, I, I felt like I had a really good, fulfilled life that, uh, you know, I didn't need much more in there. I was having a good time. Yeah. Will's come along and someone someone said to me that um, when you have a kid, you think you felt every emotion and then all of a sudden that emotion you feel 10, 10 times, 100 yes. times stronger. Yeah. And he does it every day. You know, yeah. you know, it just do, grows, doesn't it? Uh, I, yeah, I was chatting to somebody the other day about this, about how like the first, I still, I still look back on it now and remember the first sort of few months have been quite underwhelming because people tell this to you that yeah. it is amazing and you know you do feel all this, but sometimes it just takes a little while just to kick in doesn't it and then yeah. once it does it's kind of like a yeah. just a, an upward trend yeah and yeah and, and you know he's, again he, it sounds weird but he also inspires me it's kind of like th this this raw little human 
um, and and as we're saying with with rock music and stuff, just like him being just completely 100% authentically him, yeah. and somehow we sort of we lose that as as time goes on, mm. um, and yeah, like. I have this thing that I say like be more wealth and and I, I want to be more wealth yeah. like it, it's Amazing. just class it's just class yeah. and and um yeah and again he just brings so much joy to our life he's such such a golden golden lad um so yeah so I'm, I'm you know I am very lucky I, yeah you know that that side of my life as well is is brilliant but I think you do find a lot of, of successful people have that and we also have a, a circle of friends Dan Dolan being one of them um who, and Hannah and Hannah obviously yeah. and 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 Hannah and Ruthie were best friends through yeah. school and we all everyone's you know successful in their own right strong people in their own right all push each other and and honestly if I hadn't have met that group of friends through Ruthie I, I don't think I'd be doing what I am doing now mm. um you know they, they say you become the the average of the five people five around people, you yeah. I'm lucky yeah. I've got those people around me they're, they're amazing people well, one thing Dan said to me I, I'm sorry if this uh, <laughs> I don't know if this is going to come across well but but when Dan spoke to me a few months ago just after his episode had come out he said that uh, he said Tony phoned me up and he was in tears <laughs> he said he was crying because he was so proud of what I'd done that I'd, I'd gone on this podcast well, and it just made me go oh that's, that's, amazing. that's, that's an amazing thing like yeah a lot of people might go, oh, what, you cried over that? But I'm like, it just shows oh, a lot of empathy towards you, your friends. And my, yeah, and like that, another yeah. little story is I played that episode to my wife yesterday. We were in the car for an hour and she hadn't yeah. listened to it yet. I cried again, three times. <laughs> 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 but, I mean, again, it's, it's what you guys, it goes back to that, um, you know, you want to evoke an emotion and, and this is another yeah. creative outlay for you. Um, and the way you're doing it is, is evoking an emotion. It's not just people talking. You mm. know, it's, it's, um, it's proper stories and... And to us, there's that first bit where Dan listed his jobs. Yeah, that it gets me a standout moment yeah, for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, so I'm, I'm lucky, you know, Dan being one of them, and and you know, the, as a circle of friends, they're they're brilliant, and we all push each other. Yeah. Um, and like I say, if I hadn't have met them through Ruthie, I, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. I think yeah. it's just I think it's just great that you like you you obviously have a very good mindset and approach to to a lot of things that. I'm sure you are aware of it, but it, but if you're not, you like you come across as someone who's very empathetic, very understanding, but very passionate. Um, and and one thing that we are, uh, that stood out just before we were talking about Dan then was that your awareness and your ability to realise that you you're always learning. And you know, I suppose you kind of talk about that first mountain and second mountain thing. It's like, well, if you just get into whatever you do, and you you know, we all go through that learning curve, don't we? Of just figuring stuff out and then that's it a lot of people tend to stop at that point yeah whereas i think the people that are successful and grow and do really well are the ones that go okay i've learned that what can i now go and learn again yeah what can i learn again what can i learn again and you're obviously taking that from your you know from your friends from your social groups from your staff that come and work for you yeah you know, well i think i approach every maybe it's a not believing and your yourself. as well you know like it's yeah from every every source but i do, I do think Oh, I think I go into everything thinking that they're probably better than me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know why that is, but um, I do think you can learn learn from everyone. And and, and even um, my clients. Again, I'm, I'm lucky now. You know, with my client base, a lot of them have their own businesses of all different types. Yeah. And I almost get this free advice for an hour or two every <laughs> yeah. six weeks off all of them. And and um, some of the conversations really do hit home and, and and again especially because they're all from different industries right so what what can i pull from from what they yeah, do yeah, and, and put it into what i do um I, I rarely look at my own industry to be honest I, I look at other industries for for lots of different inspirations 
um, whether that's the structure of the business, the client journey, the experience, um, yeah, and what what can we implement from what what they're telling me or what or what I've got. We talked about that countless countless times, haven't we? And yeah. that's exactly why this podcast was born, and exactly why we didn't want it to just be wedding photographers because. You know, we believe in you know being able to take ideas and inspiration from anybody in in any industry, and you know I think there'll be a lot of takeaways from for a lot of people today in in, in your approach to business and you know what you've what you've achieved. Um, I don't know. Do we? Have, what other questions did you have? Yeah, I've, got, I've, I've still got, got those questions. Got, I can go through. I've got quite a few. Um, I do have to take Betsy to gymnastics in five minutes. So, there's yeah, so five, much even even as five as, minutes as as you were speaking tony i, was I will like, be back this this this, this is good oh we're gonna have him back we're gonna have him back because i'm thinking like i really want to hit up some aspects of business as well because you, you you're really strong at it and it it comes across um the fact that you just set structures and everything else within within what you're doing and everything else it's oh, I'm, I'm just thinking and how can we sort of like translate that to our industry and implement yeah. it and okay that question for example about the the which one the chairs how many chairs do you have for within the within all oh, right yeah yeah, yeah 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 for example that so you go for that one for example because you got it more in your head i, I like to think but no. what about chairs what are you on about we're not coming across as very professional podcast no, we're not. here. We're not. We... <laughs> about the, amount, the amount of chairs in the sound. <laughs> we start again? Yes, let's start again. Um, just the whole idea of knowing your numbers and knowing how many chairs you need to literally have within the salon in order to make it profitable and, and make it run quite smoothly. Is that yeah, it? I think, I think so. And I think it was around um, like the, the margins and, and calculating like how 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 you attribute a cost to a yeah. member of staff um so i mean first of all we're talking about learning from people so i'm lucky my my father-in-law um is a business consultant and, and worked in engineering so totally totally different um and and he's my business coach so we're going to bring the whole family in yeah then. yeah yeah, let's get yeah. Them all in, yeah. <laughs> come around we can have a <laughs> yeah. sunday, sunday dinner yeah. bring Riff the microphones and <laughs> um, and he uh yeah, so when I was setting up the business, I'd, I'd take my business plan to him, and uh, quite often would just absolutely tear strips off it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it, you know, just th questions like, um, well, "How much do you need to earn per square foot?" Oh, well, we don't work in square foot; we work in in chairs. So well, no, you don't, because you you don't you don't pay your rent on chairs, do you? You pay your rent on your square foot. Um, like just think like sort of coming at a completely different angle. Yeah. yeah. And again, without him, you know, I probably would have gone bumped three times over in the, in the first first few years. Um, so I'm, I'm looking to have people like that around me to to make me think of it in a different way. Um, and again, that that in in turn makes me be able to put the structure in place. Um, I think my my industry is quite easy to understand the numbers. Well, maybe it's not. <laughs> um, but but really, you're working on sort of like a third, a third, a third. So um, a lot a lot of people don't. So your wage bill is always going to be the highest thing. You know, our, our wage bill, you know, for 20 people, as you can imagine, is, is huge. Yeah. Um, and it suddenly hits you sometimes. I'm, I'm paying all these mortgages and rents and all the rest of it. Well, they are, but I'm, I'm making sure they're yeah. in an environment where they can do that. Um, so, yeah, so, so you need to get the wage bill. Like in our industry, it's around 40%. So as soon as, as, soon as you, if you're not bringing in the, the turnover to make sure that um, 
the, the, your wages are only 40%, you need to do something about it. So whether that's you need more clients, you need to put your prices up, or unfortunately sometimes you need to let people go. Yeah. And um, then that's what needs to happen. Um, so there's not a one size fits all as a thing. So if, if, you're, you know, if, if your rent is really, really low, obviously your percentages can move about. If your rent's sky high, the percentages need to move about. Um, so it's, it's, it's getting to the crux of it. I mean, I, I do work with some other salon owners and um, business owners. So, um, you know, it's, it's looking at, at what they bring in really and, and what's going out and then figuring out what the percentages should be. But as, as a sort of a, a bit of a rule, above 40% with your wages is, is too high. Oh. Yeah, because I think one thing one thing that I noticed in, when I was reading some of your stuff on Instagram was about like the the margins are like three to six percent mm. profit. Yep. Which is like, wow, that is a that's a tight margin. Uh, yeah, and the the average salon owner actually per hour is less than minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> they they bring they, they they don't pay themselves. Um. So I mean, our industry, okay, the, the, maybe it is a, a creative thing again, but. Um, they just don't charge enough. They don't charge mm, enough for what mm. they're doing. And the problem you've got is a lot of them just look at their competitors and what they're charging and then think to themselves, well, I'm, I'm not as good as that one, but I'm better than that one. So I'm going to sit yeah. somewhere in the middle without looking at what their outgoings are. So, you know, what is your rent? And you know, f for instance, in our salon, it's complimentary drinks all the way through. So coffee machine that costs us a fortune, the coffee yeah. costs a fortune. Yeah, and it uh, all needs to be factored in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. free yeah. Coke, Diet Coke, lemonade. It just goes to show that you can be as creative as you want, but if you if you don't have the foundations for running a business and, and like knowing your numbers. Well, I've seen plenty of businesses who do so many clients, but they're almost losing money every time they do a client. Mm. Yeah, especially if they're doing because yeah. they're literally not charging yeah. enough yeah. yeah um and then you've got the fact that you know some won't be vat registered so straight away they can charge 20 percent less and all that sort yeah. of stuff um so yeah so you, i mean you really need to know your numbers I, I think the crux of it is as soon as you go from being a in my in my job a hairdresser to being a business owner your job is a business owner yeah so no longer do you have to be the best hairdresser in there no longer do you um need to be the most creative flamboyant whatever you want to call mm. it what you need to do is know your numbers and as soon as you employ people you need to know how to lead those people and well th that allows them to be creative because yeah. the moment they start to worry about the numbers and the moment you start to worry about numbers you you, you aren't able to be creative because yeah. you're so consumed yeah 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 and you see that as well and that strips you? it out and um so you either need to do that or you need to employ someone to do those things that allows you to still do the day job if you like of of, yeah. of doing the creative bit um, I've just got to run Betsy to gymnastics. <laughs> Let's pause at that. Um, it's a break, and uh, and then we'll just uh, we'll just come back in in a minute. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Studio Ninja, Igor. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I'm off again. But I, I wanted to. I just wanted to talk about one more thing because I think, and I'm not here to criticise one of our sponsors, but I think they're missing a trick. Ooh, shots fired. Tell yeah. us. Tell us what so you think. They thinking. are. It, it's. It claims to be designed by photographers for photographers which mm -hmm. it is it is designed by photographers for photographers yeah. so i'm not arguing that but it's not just for photographers that's it so much i just more. think it's for any anybody that's in a service-based industry this this piece of software is invaluable i've had friends that are muas hairstylists florists stylists you know you, you name it i've had them all reach out and i've given them sort of guidance and setting them up that have gone on to use you and like this is invaluable for our business yeah so um if studio ninja are listening and watching this back might want to think about who you're targeting it yeah, to because actually yeah, i yeah. think it's i think they're missing a trick i think Go there's a the whole masses. market there's a whole market out there that 
you know you don't just need to be a, ph a photographer or a videographer in the wedding industry if you are a service-based industry and you've got clients or couples whoever they may be and you need to book people in you need to send them automated emails invoices um you know the system and the software is yeah. there for for anybody to use in, in in whichever business they're they're operating in yeah get student ninja there you go so, so what's the discount people... code Igor? Uh -oh. you should know it by now because i've told you a few times uh, let me see let me see i wonder what I'm it could be i'm guessing i'm guessing <laughs> um i'm joking it's another idea it's that simple so if you go to studio ninja um type in that at the checkout and you'll get 50 percent off for the whole year and you'll get the first month free you get the first month free and then another idea gets 50 percent off their first annual subscription there we go there you go sorted go, go get it that's the one thing they don't tell you when you have kids is it you have to like balance the summer school holidays around <laughs> quick, quick gymnastic run. <laughs> so i've had to run her down the road she's got four hours at gym and then she does a gym session tonight as well so wow. she's gone for wow, that's nine hours now but yeah so apologies about that people have been listening going, what's going on i just had to run her to the gym so <laughs> quick little uh, water break for you for you guys though yeah did i miss anything well, we were chatting about all sorts of things. You've ordered pizza, yeah? I've ordered pizza. Good the, man. The um, good old Domino's tracker is Wonderful. telling me that we are on prep at the moment. Yeah, we amazing. Got, we got... <laughs> Let's get going, quick. Yeah. Let's get going, on, guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've, I didn't know what question I was going to ask, but I feel like I want to ask Tony for some selfish business advice <laughs> <laughs> whilst he's here no that's good it's we haven't good. had this yet we haven't had no. somebody look at what we're doing here from yeah. the outside and give us their you know everyone's obviously been quite you know kind and nice towards it but yeah you know let's from a from a business point of view we've both talked about it before in previous episodes that we're at a stage now or very soon where it's going to need to generate some kind of sales because we can't just keep doing it for shits and giggles can we yeah so how do you see what we're doing, Tony, as a as a business? I mean, obviously, at the moment, it's just a kind of something that was born out of an idea and a, a passion for kind of wanting to have conversations with people and to you know educate us. I suppose it's like for us, it's like our education in a way. Yeah. Um. um first of all, what you're doing is brilliant. Um, I, I know we've spoke about it a bit before we started, but um, yeah, your your um, your approach to it. Um, is, is great um, and, and refreshing to be honest as well that there's not so far there's not been much ego in, involved with, with with I mean not with you guys obviously you're you're beautiful men but, um, <laughs> but with your guests as well it is well it, thank you, know, you. Yeah. you you've had you've had people come in who um, you know, want to share their stories and, mm. and, and help other people which is great um, not just showing off basically yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that would be from your questions as well obviously but um, yeah it, it's scaling it up isn't it so um like what we've been touching on already is, is as it scales up what what's your job going to become um you know so you've got your bread and butter which is your wedding photography um but you can see this has got legs to 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 do whatever you want to do with it really mm. and, and it's how big you want to take that um but then you know something has to give elsewhere in the business doesn't it yeah totally. yeah um so i i always think what the approach should be is the thing that has to give the first thing you do is just charge more and more and more for it and they'll come a point where um you know people are like actually I can't, I can't afford that but you're you know you, you can afford to lose a certain percentage of of customers as long as you're charging more yeah and um, so there's that that balance there um and, and in order to charge more you've obviously got to be great at it which you guys already are as well um 
and then, and then it'll be employing people, won't it? So um, I must admit, I was kind of a bit obsessed when I first started with employing more staff. <laughs> um, that kind of goes against the grain, doesn't it, for yeah. a lot of creatives? I think a lot of people are, are of the opposite mindset of, oh, I'm terrified. Actually, I, don't, I don't trust anybody to yeah. do what, yeah. what, I, what I do. It was kind of like when, it was kind of like if anyone ever came to me and said, oh, how's business? The first thing I'd say is, oh, I've got this many staff now. Um, I've got a client. Where's that come from? I don't. Again, I think I think it's because I do. You know, I do love seeing other people be able to to achieve great things. Yes. Yeah. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, and and even at school, I wasn't a fighter whatsoever. Sort of late primary school, early secondary school. You know, you have a few scuffles on the, on the playground and things. I think I only had three in my life, but each time it was because I saw someone else getting a bit, you know, a bit, bit roughed up or something. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily mates with them or anything, but it was almost like I, you know, I, want, I wanted to stick up for that, for that underdog a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And I think there's there's a bit of, of that involved. I think it's, you know, I do like, I like a sob story. <laughs> I like when I'm interviewing. So I, you know, the, the questions I get. I asked them in the interview. I want to. I want to get into their soul a little bit and see what makes them tick. Um, and if, uh, you know, if if someone gives me a bit of a sob story, or you know, I can see they're a family person or whatever. It's yeah. like, right, you got a job. Let's let's go on this journey together. Let's let's get you somewhere. So maybe it's a bit of that. And I just thought it was it was quite quite a, um, a stamp of well, he must be doing well because he's he's employing this many people. Um, but you know, through that learning process, now like actually. You, that that shouldn't be the thing. <laughs> like it, it should be. I've got a client who's got his own business, and his main obsession is his margin. So he's got a thirty percent margin in his business. Um, he's a web developer, really intelligent guy, um, and basically he know he knows he's got new customers coming in. And what a lot of um, people do is just really concentrate on new customers, new customers, new customers. Let's get yep. as many in as possible, but charge the same. Or actually get better and better and better at what you do, make sure your margin is at least the same or better. So each time I employ someone, if they haven't got a client base, my margin drops. And um, so I need to get it back up because you know, my wage bill's gone up and we haven't all of a sudden got loads of new clients on that first day. So um, you know, it's, it's my job to get that margin back up through getting them busy or through putting up price or whatever it is. Um, so that, that's, that's become my new obsession. And again, because the margins are so bad in my industry, and with cost of living and you know you can yeah, imagine what our electric, mm. our electric bill is at the moment with them um, 20 hair dryers going and all the rest yeah, of it yeah. um so yeah so it, it's it's employing people but but for a for a reason and that reason should be that they can do something better than you so as, as an example day one i had an accountant day one i had someone in charge of my hr those two things they can do better than me and yeah. it can cost you a lot of money in the long term um so, so yeah, there, there was there was a reason for that cost, um, and it allows you to spend the time on the thing that you know you can do best to to bring more more yeah. money in as well. Yeah. Um, so it's 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 scaling up, but I, I made the mistake when I knocked in to next door doing it too soon. Like again, it, maybe it's my ego, and um, I knocked into next door everything was going really well we'd grown into that space really what i needed was another two years of sustaining what we had knocked into next door you know rent doubled all the rest of it needed to fill the space obviously you're not just going to get all of a sudden clients flooding through the door just because you got a bigger space 
and we had uh, one stylist leave and then in that first year two go on maternity and I, like, <laughs> and at that yeah. point we had a team of eight i think so it was a big chunk of so we had to rush Your employment gone up. yeah and, and staff levels have come down yeah and um you know i'll be honest I, and we moved house around that time as well and i collapsed collapsed at home um still don't know why but they say it's probably just stress you know um and that was a big learning curve for me of of actually i'm trying to do this too quick and, and don't do it especially nowadays with the instagram world i think don't do it so that you look yeah. like you're being successful mm. on instagram again no, so the rest of the world was like oh he must be doing well really he's, good he's, advice look, yeah. at, look how big the salon is and all the rest of yeah. it um meanwhile i was drowning <laughs> and and um i was having to grow too quickly and, and making mistakes because of that so now I, I always um go back to whenever there's an opportunity coming up i go back to, to that feeling of actually is everything else in place for me to, to to allow me to grow to that next step i've got another client who's a life coach and she says think of your um life as a tripod you got your work life uh you got financial um, and then you got your health and basically you can only afford to have one of those things up in the air at once um, more than one and everything collapses which I think is probably what happened to me yeah, yeah. Um, you know, every, I had too many things up in the air I was risking too much and all of a sudden health I, I was on my ass <laughs> um, and, and didn't know why um, and we grew through it like we were fine um, but the, the, that first year or two was like oh right okay now no, this is uh, this is almost like a serious business now you know? <laughs> yeah. the amount of money we need to make to, yeah, yeah. to just cover our, our overheads so yeah, so it's, I'd say, yeah, scale it up, get good people around you. Um, but as you're scaling up, think about what you're charging for, for your other services so that you, it allows you to do it. God, there's a lot to unpick there, isn't there? <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, where do you want to, where do you want to start with that? Um, no, I, I liked, it made me smile a little bit about the whole point of getting someone in to do something and do it better than you mm. really, because... Um, in some ways yeah we fist bumping what we fist bumping for Merla is definitely <laughs> yeah. doing that and she's incredible we we love her for it really and yeah next episode you'll see it properly yeah because we'll get her in and sit down and pick her brain a little bit I and think we've got an episode queued up where we're just gonna just open up everything about why we're doing this and yeah. what, what our plans are for the business so yeah that's kind of why I wanted to ask that question it's just nice just to get somebody else's opinion from the outside as to where we yeah. can take it next, that might and, be the dominoes. And your, your, all of the. Can I smell pizza? You can smell pizza. <laughs> yeah. um, it's 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 also quick. Hurry up. Like your your, right, your me point. Your <laughs> audience is changing as well, isn't it? Yeah. So all of a sudden you've you've gone from just speaking to potential um, couples who want to use you to to um, photograph their wedding to other photographers other creatives and, and it's going like that isn't it yeah. and all of a sudden the, who you're communicating to is mm. is different and um, you see a lot of in our industry where on, on their you know their salon instagram for instance that should really just be uh, client-centric you know to be yeah. clients in they're speaking to other hairdressers and, and almost like showing off their work to other hairdressers and that, that yeah. language is different so that's the other thing to think about i suppose is is that you know how do you grow those audiences without isolating the other audience that, that is your, again your bread and butter yeah that's definitely something i've been thinking about recently is the volume of this kind of content that goes through my wedding photography business mm -hmm. just to kind of touch on what 
what you just what Tony just said there is that do my wedding couples or clients engage with that kind of content when it's not really geared towards them? I mean, yeah. I've had all I can go off is going to weddings and couples saying to me, "I love what you do with your education." Yeah. Yeah. A lot of them do love it. They, they yeah, enjoy they seeing do. It. They do. Well, it adds value to what you're doing. It gives you yeah. extra. I think it will. I think it will alienate some of them. I think some people mm-hmm. will go. This is. I just want to get some wedding photos. I'm not yeah. bothered about <laughs> what he's doing behind the scenes in his other businesses, but. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely food for thought. Yeah, but the ones that really gravitate towards you will really gravitate towards you because well, they I think really I'm trying get to, I'm what try, you're doing. I'm trying to appeal to my my clients are creatives yeah, at yeah. heart anyway. Yeah, yeah. That's I'm not just after wedding couples. I'm after wedding couples that are passionate about creativity and being creative. And yeah. I think they kind of they 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 embrace that and they recognise it. Um, so I think they go kind of hand in hand. But it's definitely something that's got me thinking. We what did pizza touch. did you order? <laughs> it's gone big. It's gone big, hasn't it? Yeah. So, so is it on your stuff, card? Stuff crossed. <laughs> it's, it's on your card. It's on my card. <laughs> no, 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 okay. it's on mine. <laughs> um, Veggie Supreme, of course. Good man. Um, Mighty Meaty. And Pepperoni Passion or something like that. So, yeah, something for everybody. I've got my final question for Tony before okay. you start to wrap things up. Um, just, to, just, to, just whilst we're on the subject of other businesses and obviously, like, you've... You've moved into business coaching a lot more over the last few years. I, I, I'm, I'm reading. So, um, one thing that I want to ask you is, what, what do you see as the kind of common mistakes that businesses are making that you coach at the moment? And, and I just want to touch on that point again that we made earlier about how the help that you've given some businesses has made them kind of enjoy that creativity again. Obviously, when a business is struggling and they're up against it, that creativity kind of gets strangled out of them, doesn't it? And mm. you know. What are, what have been the mistakes that have led up to that, and and how is that kind of how have you helped them kind of navigate that that yeah. that process? I think I have two different types of people who approach me. So uh, the first type is is normally people sort of our age who started their business quite young, and and it's done really well, almost too well because they they can't um, they can't it's sort of run away from them and and Mm. they've got no control over Mm. things and they don't actually know the ins and outs of their business and and who does what and and they're uber successful um but there'll be there'll be something that's running away so whether that's the the financials and the wage bills too high for instance um or even just that they don't they don't enjoy their job They're, they're kind of um they're not drowning in terms of how well the business is doing but as a person they're like actually i'm I'm like this headless chicken and I'm, I'm okay, generally speaking, you've started a family and stuff at our age. So um, not spending time with the kids, um, you know, all, all these things. And it, it actually just putting a few things in place means that they can enjoy it again and and, um, and actually probably get even more growth from that because at the moment they haven't got space to think. Yeah. Um, then the other type are, are people who are really struggling with the business. Um, so that could be... Uh, if they do employ people, it's, it's the leadership side and, and um, those things we touched on earlier on, on what people want from from their employment. Um, you know, a, a really good wage structure um, and just really, um, yeah, getting to the crux of it, like getting a bit deeper into their business. Like a bit like what happened with me when I knocked into next door where we were doing really, really well, but it's because the overheads were small. <laughs> that's that's why we we're doing yeah. really well. And then all of a sudden everything expands out and you've got to keep up. And it's normally people at that sort of stage that, that approach me and they, they went into it a bit naively 
and I suppose because I've gone through it, I can I can look for the things that are going to yeah. help them. Um, I'd say most of the time it is the the figure side that people are, are struggling yeah. with, um, and again they're they're apologetic about charging what what they should charge. Um, they just haven't properly looked at what a certain service is is costing them. Um, so you know they, they will be doing you know there could be a certain colour service they're doing that is actually they're losing money every single time they're doing it because they're not charging enough for the product they're using and that kind of thing. Um, being held to ransom by staff, especially at the moment, you know, you've got people getting paid a lot of money and they're just not going to bring in what they need to be yeah. bringing in. So, but again, that comes down to structures and have a, have a, a real way structure in place. I bring, I'm a big football fan, so quite often I do bring things back to football <laughs> and, and there's, there's, um, you know, the biggest clubs in the world will say no to a, a player. You know, they'll say, actually, that's not in our yeah. way structure. And they're still successful the next season, but they're also making sure they're not going bump. And they're still, and they're also making sure that the rest of the team don't think they can get paid that much money and all the rest of it, because that money's simply not there for that club. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's, it's structure. It's, it's just having everything. Like, I, I want to get to the point, you know, franchising will be a thing we do in the future. I want to get to a point where I've just got a Bible and I just pass that yeah, over to yeah. them. It's like, right, there, I thought you had one already. It is, a, lot, <laughs> yeah. a lot of it is there, but there's there's other things I need to get to get into it still. And again, it's still learning and, and, and again, things are evolving all the time. So like really, again, the waste structure, so where I'm saying really it should be 40% at the moment, probably is true that five, 10 years ago, it could be 30, 35%, but people want more now and, and actually they deserve more. Mm. So um, so that's that's moved so that you know, you, you've got to be, um, able to pivot all the time Ooh. yeah I think it's um, oh, that was that thing you just said then about oh it's on right at the tip of my tongue come on, oh, come on no son. I literally had it and I lost it, it out. no it'll come back to me go on Eagle you take the baton <laughs> no I was going to say that I, I wanted to go back to 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 Rufi and, and, and Wolf really but um, it was sort of like when you when you said the whole collapsing thing and really learning from that how how is it today how do you guys deal with your lives in general really because um rufi's got an incredible job she's doing well um she's going and getting her things and you add a child to that and then you've got your business which is huge and everything else how do you guys juggle everything um, is there sort of like a routine that you guys have at the moment or yeah there is um I'm, I mean, she'll tell you I'm a big fan of a routine. <laughs> um, I'm, gonna, se I'm <laughs> sensing, I was going to say structure, structure is a bit, we've um, got structure for everything. Uh, Love it. Yeah, you know, I have a whole routine in the morning to make sure I have a 10 out of 10 day. That happens every day. But um, but no, it's, 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 I think first of all, like rewarding yourself. Mm. So making sure um, that throughout throughout the year, you've already got your time off booked in. You, know, you get a lot of people who've got their own businesses that just head down and, and before they know it they're in you know, November and they haven't had any time off yeah. at all um, so making sure that so what I do is is especially it's, it's easier now Wilf's at school as well so obviously he's working in school holidays and things again so every half term every school holiday I'll at least have a few days off yeah mark it in the diary yeah yeah it's, it's in the diary I'm not working and don't get me wrong, there'll be things that get thrown in there and I'll have to do a few emails or whatever, but um, it's important to have that time. And, and you know, I think all of us, um, it doesn't matter how passionate you are about your job, you're, you're working to give your out-of-work life 
to make that even better. Yeah, of course. Um, I think Mickey Flanagan said anyway, we all work really, really hard just to sit on our arse in a nicer place. So whether that's your house, <laughs> a holiday, a car, we all want to sit on our arse, yeah. but in as nice a place as possible. Um, so there's that. And then, and then it is, the, for me, build, building that team around me at work. You know, I've, I've got a salon manager. She's been with me since day one, um, who's absolutely brilliant. And yes, you'll probably never get someone who's as passionate as you are about your business, but she is damn close um, so I've got her and then uh, the big thing I've built over the last two to three years is sort of the layer underneath her so making sure we've got um, sort of a leadership team really so it doesn't matter if someone's off it we've always got sort of one of those in um, and you've got someone who is you know head above the sand who's, who's, who's in charge and, and you know will, is the voice kind of thing and if something isn't going right we'll put it right mm. um, and, and what that does as well is it it, it not only does it give you time to think and less stress and all the rest of it, um, it allows you to start thinking about what the next branches are for, so say franchising or another salon or all that sort of stuff, um, without building something that's solid there and, and can sort of work without me. You've yeah. got nothing really, whether that's that you sell it or that you, that you retire or that you yeah. move on to the next thing. If it doesn't work when you're not there, you've got nothing yeah. that yeah. was that, if that's reminding me of the point that was right on the tip of my tongue was just about it was more just recognizing that you've you've obviously learned from that lesson of the the collapse and that that mad time of knocking through the wall too early than you should which is mm. that you obviously have these other ideas that are building in the background but you're not kind of rushing into it you're yeah. just accepting that it might take five to ten years to get to that stage you know, the franchise won't happen in the next year it yeah. might do but it might also not and just being aware of your ability to be able to handle all that but to make sure that the foundations are right before you move on to that next stage yeah and you've got your um, own house but but the business as well haven't you so it's yeah, yeah. you see so often the businesses expand and the, the thing that was yeah. making them really successful fails because they're, they're not there enough or, yeah. or whatever so and we do i think we all go through kind of life cycles don't we there are always like spells where you get a bit more time back you know like having kids when they go to school that kind of frees up a lot of you yeah. know mental headspace so you kind of then can move on to the next stage of your life and the next part of your business and yeah, I mean, I'm sure Igor will wrap things up in a second or two, but I, I've really enjoyed just hearing your story, and, yeah. and I love, I love uh, how you know we keep coming back to like structure and business setup, and you know, again, it just reinforces the idea that you can be as creative as you want to be, but if you don't have those foundations or that framework in place to be able to allow creativity, it's it's never going to exist. Yeah, um, and that's what I really kind of. Um, applaud you for i think it's brilliant yeah. that you've grown your business it's really inspiring as well for me just to see that you know you've you've built a team of 20 odd people and, and and made a success of it and i'm excited to see where it kind of goes and i'm going to listen to dan dolan more often <laughs> that could be dangerous so, yeah <laughs> um just echoing that really um and throughout this whole episode really the one thing that really has stood out for me and it wasn't even on the questions but it really has stood out throughout this conversation that you you genuinely love to empower people and you you're really good yeah, at it. It's, it's a really superpower. Great. It really, really is. But you are you are good at it, but you actually love doing it. And so actually see someone as an example of it and then the results that are coming out from it. And so obviously yeah. your staff and hopefully that will trickle down to everybody else. And yeah, I just have this sort of like idea of walking into the to your salon and there's a massive buzz and everybody's just really 
Empowering each other. I'm just going to go out for a cry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's I just... I wonder if we went into his office, if we go into his office, it's just like a <laughs> yeah, bomb site. It's just shit everywhere. He's actually really disorganised and messy. He's just, been, he's just been painted a picture of a really highly organised, structured guy. Uh, but no, um, it's, um, it's great. And um, I think we're going to get... Is Ruthie going... Are we going to put Ruthie on the board? Uh, I think we kind of have I to. Think really. we'll let Tony, I think we'll let Tony <laughs> write Ruthie on the board. Go for it, go so, for yeah. it. Thank but, you very, very much for giving us your time. It is it's massively appreciated. And, um, it really is. We're going to pay you in pizza. So, <laughs> Where can people find you? Uh, Instagram's probably the, the best way. Um, mm-hmm. And then, yeah, just go from there. Um, so Anthony underscore John underscore Wormsley. Um, so just DM me on there if you've got any questions and things. That'd be and great. And your salons? Anthony John Salons in Litchfield. So, yeah, if you want to come and get your barnet chopped as well, then, then come on <laughs> in. Yeah. Amazing. Seriously, thank you so much. Thank You've you. been absolutely incredible. Cheers, Tony. Cheers, guys. Boom. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.